This is Stormtrooper 1. In case you were just way too busy to listen to our last show, this is what you missed. It's anyone's guess. It's anyone's guess at this point. But I'm hoping that it doesn't lead to some leak that just destroys oh, dude, the mystery behind this show. I, I would be so disappointed in humankind. Never mind the atrocities over in Africa and the Middle East or the drug cartels that are mowing people down in Latin America. It's all about the leaks and the <laughs> lack of respect that people have for the Mandalorian set. How can you do that? It's, it, it, it boggles my mind that basically in today's world, people will still go out of their way just to ruin fun. Yeah. I hope that if they do release any stills or information, I'm hoping that they get caught and they make an example out of them. Put them in the torture chamber. Yeah. Put them in the Sarlacc pit, David. Put them in the Sarlacc pit, please. Oh, the things glow common. <laughs> language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue. We would be honored if you would join us. How are you feeling? Your latest workups on your condition indicate that all damage has been reversed. Recovery is total. I believe you have been quite fortunate. No further thanks are necessary, Commander, but you are most welcome. It is my function and pleasure as a matter of royal to help and heal human I am a Jedi, like my father before me. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Star Wars from the Back to Tank. I am Michael Flores, your host today in the Back to Tank with me. Of course, as per usual, David Sabal is taking a dip. Hello, David. And the Back to Tank water is not yellow. Oh, what do you pee in there or are you saying you're really dirty? Sometimes you got to just go, dude. Listen, you got to go. You got to go. The Back to Tank is not a bath. It isn't a shower where you can just pee whenever you want. It's for healing. How can I heal when there's urine floating <laughs> that's on the why top the, surface of the water? That's why they developed the suits, so you can pee in your suit. <laughs> no, that's not why, Dave. I think uh, think your reasoning's flawed. <laughs> All right, so we do have news to get to today. We were debating whether or not we were even going to do a regular show this week, but because of all the news that has well, not all the... Yeah, news. No, tons of news, Dave. What am I talking about? I would tons say of news. big news. We have two big pieces of news. First off, Disney and Fails, the name of its Netflix competitor, plus a new Star Wars TV show has been announced. That's right. A new Star Wars TV show. To go along with The Mandalorian. Yeah. So we'll get into that in a second. But first, let's talk about this new name for Disney's streaming service. The name. Is it even worthy of a drum roll? <laughs> I mean, it's I can tell the the uh, people in charge really put their thinking caps on and really went outside the box with this name. It is titled Disney Plus. We did it. 
Ta-da! Like, how did that even go down in the boardroom? And why did they take so long to tell us this name? You would think that it would have been, like, the best name ever because they took so long to even release the name but oh, no, yeah. they're like all right guys uh, everyone gather around the studio or gather around the boardroom uh, let's put our let's put this to a vote everybody in favor of a very easy simplistic name disney plus say i i whatever, all right whatever you say mr Iger. i mean they don't even give a fuck about the name you know they don't it was probably some half-assed joke they could have called it like billion dollar streaming service. That would have made a lot of sense. <laughs> that would have well. made a lot of sense. We did it. it. It's kind of silly the name they chose, but you know, whatever. As long as they're putting good content, I don't care if it's called shit streaming service. As long as you're giving us good content, and based on what we learned yesterday, they're they're coming out guns a blazing. They are doing everything we said they're going to have to do in order to cut through the multiple streaming services and convince people, the consumers to buy into yet another streaming service in in an era where we have Netflix, Hulu, Amazon prime crackle. If anybody can even consider that a streaming service service. anymore, Uh, you have the new DC universe app, just to name a few the list goes on and on CBS all access. The list goes on and on. And in order for them to really make a mark, they can't just simply release the app and expect people to sign up and think that they're going to make any sort of profit. So what did we say a, a year and a half ago? What did we say they had to do? They have to release big tier television series with the streaming service they can't just say all right here's the streaming service no and that's exactly what they're doing they're launching the streaming service along with numerous titles they have now announced numerous marvel movies or marvel tv shows to go with the service and we have the mandalorian that was announced last month and now just last night a cassian Andor live action series has been confirmed by lucasfilm disney via the starwars.com press release this is this is honestly, dude. We've been harping on on this in the past shows. I think this is pretty much a new age of like TV services now. Because I think the you know like how we had like CBS, NBC, ABC, and all those like atypical television production houses. Mm-hmm. Now it's going into Netflix, Amazon, because Netflix and Amazon it came to the realization that they needed to start doing original content. And when you, well, when you don't that start you, happening, oh my God, the numbers, it just, it's like opening Pandora's box. Well, it's like Netflix. Netflix was essentially a few years back. They were blockbuster. They were blockbuster yeah, exactly. without the exclusive titles. They were the Walmart bargain bin for low budget films that couldn't find distribution. And they realized that in order to add real legitimacy to their service and longevity, they would have to, they would have to start producing original content, high profile, original content. The first one being was the Kevin Spacey starred um, or led house of TV cards. series house of cards. Yeah. And because of that one name, they suddenly became recognized as a legitimate source for original content. And since then, you have Hulu, Prime, CBS All Access, all vying for big-named 
actors to get involved in their series because that's how they're going to cut through all the noise, all the all the streaming services out there. And Disney's no different. And they're very smart because they do have an upper they have a they have the upper hand when it comes to these streaming services because they already have established franchises that are so internationally successful, Marvel being the main one. And then you have Star Wars as well. It's kind of like a no brainer, like, hey, let's release oh, yeah. some TV shows here. And now suddenly we're going to get the millions of, of subscribers that we need in order to justify having this service. But my question is, though, is Disney going to be able to turn a profit with these TV shows? Are people yeah. going to willingly subscribe to another service or is it just going to be the hardcore people who buy and purchase everything Star Wars anyways? Because, the, I mean, the, the, the thing about being on regular network television is that you get those casual viewers wanting to check it out out of curiosity. Like, oh, you know, I'm going to check this out Tuesday night at seven. And you sometimes you get two or three million people just casually checking in, which is nothing to frown out. Frown at two or three million people uh, tuning in is great for advertisers, which obviously feeds the bottom line. With streaming services, you don't have people that are checking things out via curiosity. If they do check something out because of curiosity, chances are they're going to pirate it first. I think the, the the big thing, too, the question is, will it be a quality product now? Because a lot of people now are being really choosy with like a lot of the series that all the streaming services rely on. I mean, if you look at Amazon, that was the whole point why Amazon started getting more popular because – a lot of their original content started turning into quality programming. You right. Have, you have Man from High Castle that came out of nowhere, and people said, hey, you know what? I can't find it anywhere else. I got to actually see this. Quality, I don't think, is going to be an issue for you Disney. No, when it comes to production, that's going to be spot on. It's Disney. You could, question, you could say a lot of bad things about Disney, and quality is not one of them. They usually churn out pretty decent products. I think the big question here is, are they going to create a show that people are going to like the majority of the Star Wars fans? Or is it going to create an even an even bigger rift within the fandom like The Last Jedi did? What are their plans when it comes to actually telling a story? Exactly. Now, yeah. let's get into the news here. Casting Andor live action series announced uh, Diego Luna will return as the Rogue One hero in a spy thriller for Disney's direct to consumer streaming service. Disney chairman and CEO Bob Iger announced Thursday that Lucasfilm is in development on a second Star Wars live action series for Disney Plus. The company's new directed direct to consumer streaming service, the series which will go into production next year, follows the adventures of Rebel Spy casting and Andor during the formative years of the rebellion and prior to the events of Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Well, I would assume it'd have to be since he dies at the end of Rogue exactly. One. Exactly. Now, is that going to throw a wrench in our wanting to watch this? If the show rests on the shoulders of a character that dies, is it going to be the solo equation? A lot of people have put together analysis based on why there was a lackluster box office response to solo because in retrospect the movie was reviewed favorably by both audiences and critics but it failed to get people to pique people's interest enough to go to the theater and see it 
And a lot of people have now come out saying the reason why they were not interested at first had a lot to do with their feelings on The Last Jedi. Also, the fact that this is another Star Wars movie that came out so soon. And thirdly, we already know Solo's fate. Yeah. He died in Force Awakens and it kind of ruins any need or desire to really see a continuing story of a character that they killed. The the thing is, is kind of like with Solo, though, the difference between Solo and this is Solo was a well-established and fan favorite character. The question for me is like, does Cassian actually was he good enough to actually constitute a series around him? Okay, I, I know that, Dave, but that's character. not. No, Dave, I see what you're saying. But first, let's talk about the pros and cons of using Diego Luna's Cassian because he is the lead of the series. Will there be interest outside of it just being Star Wars because we already know his fate that in let's say they tackle 10 years prior. Let's say they tackle five years prior. The fact that we already know what his fate is going to be in just a, sh- a few short years, years, is it going to take away from the desire to see a story when we see his wins, we see his arc, and then we like, well, it really doesn't matter because we know what's going to happen to him. That that's that that's basically one of the most important things because like I think that basically would it be interesting? Yes. But I'm also talking as a, a hardcore Star Wars fan. Yeah. Now a mainstream person's probably gonna look at this and go, why am I gonna watch this? I know what his fate is. And just like what you said. So as as a Star Wars fan, as Dave, a Star Wars fan, I will uh, I will definitely be interested. Yeah, I think I'm interested too, obviously, but I just don't know how successful a part of me is just like well he dies yeah so your story better be damn fucking good i was excited for other aspects because we know the time period and what's going down in this time period it can be exciting and even though there were some groans from star wars fans i i feel a little similar to some of the fans out there that were kind of groaning and like all right so we're getting a prequel of a prequel hmm interesting and that was also my initial reaction i was excited but i immediately groaned and said all right well we're stuck in the past again we can't move forward however we can move the story forward and the star wars story forward if they use cassian to do that whereas he's the eyes and ears of the universe and the political landscape and the things that are happening around him we already know they set up some major things in Solo, a Star Wars story. You yeah. have the uh, Emphis Nest and the foreshadowing of the Rebel Alliance. You have Crimson Dawn and the atrocities they have committed across the universe on unsuspecting settlers that ended up becoming part of Emphis Nest's marauders. You also have the Darth Maul equation. You have the Kira equation. There's a lot of things going on in the galaxy that even that film alone had set up. Now we already know that Bob Iger has said, we're going to slow down on the movie. So the chances that we're going to get a sequel of sorts and the way of a movie to continue those storylines that they set up is, is very slim presently. However, because of the chosen time period that this new TV series will be taking place, this might be a prime time 
to actually tackle some of those things using Cassian's story. Yeah, that's that's the thing, too, is like there's there's so many elements and so many questions still around this area that basically people uh, that as Star Wars fans, we still don't know about. The the formative years of the rebellion is one of the most shadowed things that basically people have just said, well, they rose up to power. Well, how? How does this rebellion actually get this get this force up to actually kind of start a guerrilla warfare tactics against the Empire? Yes, we saw it in Rebels, but even by the end of Rebels, mm-hmm. you're still kind of left going, there's still a small ragtag band. How right. the heck do they get this? Yeah. And and what they did with Rebels is understandable. I get why they did that, but I, I feel like the biggest highlight for me with this news, other than the fact that it's Star Wars, because I'm sound, I don't want to come off as negative. I'm not trying to be negative. I'm actually very excited to have another Star Wars TV series coming out. I don't want people to misconstrue the way I'm saying things or forming my my uh, my my thoughts. I'm excited about it, and I'm hoping they do use this story as a way to tell relevant stories that push the the Star Wars mythos forward opposed yes opposed to just kind of regurgitating things we know like we already know about the rebels rise we know uh, we already know about the tyrannical empire we get it so if they use him like I said to to kind of open up the world and and flesh out some of those moments that that was revealed in solo a Star Wars story then I think it could really work well yeah and the thing is, when you take a look at Diego Luna's character as Cassian, I'm really psyched about it. Uh, psyched about this announcement of this series because, for me, I'm thinking that they could possibly tell a really great narrative story in the lines of a spy thriller. Because you got to remember, yeah. in the beginnings of Rogue One, we, when we get introduced to Cassian, Cassian's kind of a dark character. He openly kills one of his contacts. I agree. And that wasn't that the highlight? That when, was one of the highlights. Yeah. When we it, when we did our review, that's what we discussed quite a bit. We talked about the whole gray area and gray how area. he was one of the more interesting characters because that one small moment said so much about him and his current mind state when it comes to where he's at as an individual. In a lot of ways, Rogue One set up this awesome moral crossroads for this character and which way does he go does he kill for the for the betterment of the rebel alliance or is that going to send him to an area that he can't return from is it is it making him more in line with imperial way of thinking opposed to the whole idea of hope and and freedom which is the rebel alliance so i liked a, i really really liked what they did with him and if they continue that and his in his personal struggle to maintain really the, the true ideals of the Rebel Alliance opposed to the ideals of, you know, a tyrannical government like the Empire, then, yes, we could be in for some really great storytelling. There, there, was a, there was a series that basically when I first saw this, I immediately thought of this series. It's basically a, a, a current spy thriller that's shown on Fox, I think, and it's dealing with the communist, communist spies during like the 1950s. I was like thinking to myself, they could tell possibly a story of Cassian as this kind of like rising agent for the rebellion. And just like we said, dealing with that kind of like that you're fighting for the greater good, 
but you have to pay a certain par- uh, price to get that greater good. And that's why by Rogue One, we get this character who is op- jaded a bit, is jaded yeah. and basically just openly kills someone without a second thought because the, that that alley scene for me will always stick out in Rogue One for Cassian because like he just he doesn't give it a second thought. He basically hears them, guy, guy pats him on the shoulder and then shoots him. No questions asked. He doesn't hesitate. How does a person become like that during this time where supposedly the rebellions like this great shining beacon of hope and like what you said is goodness versus the tyrannical empire? Yeah. So there is a lot of material. There is. I I just hope they tackle this material appropriately in a way that moves the Star Wars story along and and I just don't want to be stuck in the past anymore. I, feel I don't like, want to be stuck in the past. Yeah. But, and you know what? You don't have to be stuck in the past, even if we are doing a prequel to a prequel, as long as they find a new direction to take the story. And we're yeah. not just hitting on similar tones and themes. We, we did that with Rebels. Star Wars Rebels was great. And we strengthened that idea of the Rebel Alliance and what it means to fight against the Empire. We did that. Been there, done that in Star Wars Rebels. We been there, done that with New Hope. Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi. We've been there, done that with Rogue One. So I'm hoping this is something very, very different. different. That we're not trying to parallel elements that we've already seen before. Let this be something entirely new. And the synopsis, you know, the rousing spy thriller sounds like they're going in a, in a different direction. And it looks like they may be tackling the more intimate side of the story. And if that involves fleshing out Cassian, then I don't think we have anything to worry about. This will be definitely interesting, an interesting TV show. Now, this rousing spy thriller will explore tales filled with espionage and daring missions to restore hope to a galaxy in the grip of a ruthless empire. Now, Dave, a release date has not been released for this series as of yet, but they say that production will start late next year. So we're probably looking at what, 2020? I would say 2020. First part of 2020, maybe middle 2020? 2020, because like, yeah, with a lot of streaming service uh, productions, they're pretty quick. They're faster than movie productions, but I'd give it a year. Okay, now what are your thoughts about Bob Iger a few months back saying, hey, we're going to pull back on Star Wars. I I know, I know I made some mistakes. (laughs) Are they really pulling back? Because now we have the Game of Thrones guys, of course, doing their trilogy. We still have allegedly Ryan Johnson's trilogy that we have heard nothing about since the release of The Last Jedi. I don't think we'll ever. And then we have we we're going to have four TV shows running at the same time. Star Wars Resistance. Star Wars Clone Wars. The Mandalorian. And now this rogue one prequel tv series or do you think that's too much going on at one time or do you think that's just more what we should expect nowadays moving forward into the disney era that disney has the money to do these things and hopefully they also continue to pay attention to the details and and care more about story over putting out more content well the problem is is like just we we've talked about this before disney's caught in in between a rock and a hard place right now if they give too too less content disney or too little content no one's going to pick up disney plus because 
let's face it. I mean, if you if, if there's a choice that basically, oh, there's only one series on Disney Plus I want to see, a lot of people are going to not want to sign on. And they're going to want to keep people on year long, year long, year round, because year round. with CBS All Access, what they're doing with Star Trek, a lot of people subscribed for two months and during the run. Yeah, during the run of the season. And then they canceled. And I'm sure CBS would love for them to stay subscribed. And they tried to put out additional shows. But those other shows just don't warrant spending eight, nine dollars a month. Star Trek did for a lot of people, but not their other shows they launched with it. That's why you see CBS going full bore on releasing additional Star Trek shows for the streaming service because they want year round subscribers and they know that they have to give the content in order to justify that. And it looks like Disney's doing the same thing, because if we have. Let's say Clone Wars it will be airing on streaming on Disney Plus. Yes. We know The Mandalorian will be streaming on Disney, Disney Plus, Plus as well as the newly announced Rogue One prequel series. So we're going to have three reasons why we stay subscribers year round. year round. If they do this strategically, you know, we have Mandalorian in the fall. We have... Uh, the Rogue One prequel series in the spring and then in the summer we have Clone Wars. Essentially, they have they have their TV seasons covered and for the most part, people will stay subscribed. And I'm I'm going to actually probably surprise a lot of people out there, but I'm the type uh, I'm thinking of, uh, more. I thought about this. Mm-hmm. Four is not enough. You oh, simmer down, more. Dave. Four. You are not uh, you're not very easily satisfied, are you? Oh, no, because like the thing I, I want about, more. I want more. But the thing I thought about is kind of like, okay, even if one of those series flops, say one of those series flops. Yeah. We have a really bad, bad uh, a bad series in between. Oh, don't talk four. bad about Star Wars Resistance, David. <laughs> I try not to. I try not to. But let's say a certain show does terrible. <laughs> well, you know what? Just to back you up a bit, let's be honest. If the Mandalorian takes off and now this Rogue One series takes off and Clone Wars, we already know is going to be a hit. It's going to be a hit. Is anyone even going to give two shits about Resistance? Resistance is already the redheaded stepchild <laughs> and it's going to become the redheaded fostered stepchild that smells. No one wants to be around that if they're not careful. So they're going to have to be uh, either they're going to have to step their game up or yeah. they're just going with it and say, you know what? Star Wars resistance is going to be for this specific demo. It's not going to be for you. It's designed solely for kids and we're not going to try to change that. Here's the other options for the older demo. Yeah. And th- uh, that's the thing. That's why I basically look at it and go four. you asked me is four enough. And actually right now, now that I think about it, I think they need at least five or six. Four, look, look at Michael. Look how big my mouth opens up. I can fit more than four in there. I can, <laughs> you see that? You see that? I can, give me five or six dicks. I mean TV shows. <laughs> TV shows. TV shows. I will, I will gladly take the five and six. <laughs> <laughs> That's so stupid. <laughs> Dave, look, look, you know, I'm never satisfied either. Uh, as a Star Wars fan, I always want more, but I'm trying to think objectively here. And, um, you know, I, I, I can't handle so many shows. For the purpose of our own discussions and breakdowns we do, I don't think I can handle any more than <laughs> I don't think this network can handle any more than four, you know, consistently uh, consistent shows that we break down every week. That's a lot of work, Dave. And, and then you have like all the comics and then you have the books. And then- yeah, see, you're freaking me out already. <laughs> it's too much. 
much. <laughs> too much. My mouth doesn't open. I can only take two at a time. <laughs> All right. Let's go to a very quick break. And then when we get back, we'll jump into the rest of our news and discussion. Get more Star Wars discussions every month with the Back to Tank Patreon exclusive shows. From Star Wars comics and book reviews to speculative discussions and breakdowns. All when you pledge to our Patreon page. What? Go to patreon.com slash Digital for more details. As you wish. The Rain Man Show. The Rain Man Show. Thomas, you were on the right track. Thank you. Because that's the first thing I thought. This is a story worthy of Andrew. How who else fuck? Who else pees in their mouth in the oh shower? Oh my god. So here's what happened. I just gotten off of a, a, a super long, like 13 hour work day, right. right? Running off of like three hours of sleep. Wake up, get in the shower, skipping some time, I just let go in the shower. Right? Pee in the shower. Who, no hasn't, who right. hasn't? Right. As a, this is happening. Guys, wait, hold on. Let's let's tackle this first. <laughs> You guys pee in the shower? I've yeah. done it every now and then. Who doesn't pee in the shower? Uh, wow. You're not supposed to. Kate, thank you, Raina. Thank you. <laughs> Finally. Don't let Raina fool you. Raina pees in the shower. <laughs> that was one time, and you said you wouldn't tell. <laughs> For more Rain Man, visit RainManShow.com. Even that part when he's going to look for it and you're in the middle of the stream and he takes a shovel and he's moving two top rocks with it and he's then he's kicking rocks and there it is. Yeah, you're telling me you buried this box years ago, Where right? Where flood. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck is this? That's what I was talking about when it comes to the the logic. Right. There's, there's like even things that were just illogical thrown in this movie. I'm like, come on. I understand B. Because B, B movies, there's been some atrocious B movies. But the B movies is some of the cliches, some of the stereotypes, some of the over-the-top action of violence, some of the bad acting, the sleaziness. But there's illogical decisions being made from a directing and writing standpoint it has nothing to do with the actual movie per se. It's like, come on, you're telling me you couldn't have had a couple PAs say, hey, guys, you know what? Today you're going to dig a, a deep hole about six feet deep. Please start digging. And then we're going to bury this box in there. How what? hard would that have been? <laughs> listen up, cowboys and cowgirls. You can now listen to Weird West Radio every Sunday. Only on Rain Man Digital. Free stuff is awesome, but free stuff that will spice up your bedroom is even better. Just go to adamandeve.com and select almost any one item for 50% off, and then we'll load on the free stuff. Just enter this very exclusive code, DEAL30, at checkout, and you'll get 10 tantalizing free gifts, including a sexy item for him, a special toy for her, and a third item you'll both enjoy. And for your viewing pleasure, six free spicy movies on DVD. Plus... 
free shipping. Always sent in discreet packaging. So go to adamandeve.com now. Get 50% off plus 10 free gifts when you enter the exclusive offer code DEAL30. Again, that's DEAL30 because without it, no free stuff. That's DEAL30 at adamandeve.com. Correct. No. What? As you wish. Everybody, welcome back to Star Wars from the back to tank. I'm still swimming in the back to water, trying to avoid the urine that David so rudely left for me. Keep your mouth shut and, and, and plug your nose, and don't dunk in. <laughs> don't dunk in. You don't want to stew in that. No. <laughs> All right. So we have an article here that's talking about the ramping up of ILM in a way that we've never seen before which is very exciting and i think it's funny that again bob Iger made all of us cry even though there's a lot of people saying yeah we should slow down star wars but you know even though i said i don't want five or six things stuffed in my mouth (laughs) i was lying because i am happy and excited that to see how much star wars is growing again i'm hoping they always put quality over quantity i that's just a given Let's never forget that quality is more important, but it is so fucking awesome to see these articles pop up about industrial light and magic and how they're officially opening a TV division just in time for Disney's new Star Wars shows and, of course, Marvel Star Wars shows. But to see that ILM is ramping up and actually opening up an actual TV branch, how fucking awesome is that? We're, we're witnessing history, Dave. Yeah. We're witnessing the rise of a new version of Star Wars, something that I don't think any of us ever really thought we would see. And now they're creating an entire branch of ILM solely for TV the thing and I streaming. Was, the thing I was really happy about reading this was I used to remember when, when Disney bought out Star Wars, everyone was crying to the to the mountaintops that basically everything was closing. They closed down Lucas Lucas Industries. They closed down the video game department. They closed down everything. But then, you know, nowadays I am so happy seeing that ILM is just still there. Yeah, they will I, always be the indus- one of the industry standards. And any time there's a buyout, you're going to have some firings. You're going to have some people getting laid off. You're going to have certain divisions of the company shutting down temporarily until they do a restructuring. And for the past five or six years, they have done that restructuring. They have gauged the current temperature of the fan base, and they have come to realize what direction they need to take the series. And it's not necessarily two movies a year that you for me i think it would work just fine but yeah. i think the general consensus amongst a lot of star wars fans is is just too many even one movie a year seems to be too many for certain star wars fans so they said okay you know what we can appreciate this so let's focus on the tv element this is something they were already going to do this yeah. we already knew we were going to get a tv show from the very beginning 
I think I think the surprise thing is we didn't we weren't expecting this many we, TV shows. No, we I was expecting one. I was expecting one as well. But I love it, and maybe these uh, these TV ideas that they're now releasing, perhaps they were initially movies. I, I think we actually went into that last week on our show when we discussed The Mandalorian, and perhaps maybe the Boba Fett movie was never really really in production, even though Kathleen Kennedy said on a radio show that it is dead. Maybe the the, the news that we had of production scouting and Lucas being on set in Dubai or whatever it was at. Remember when there was reports that Lucas himself was, was on the set. Maybe all this was actually news about the Mandalorian and people just assumed that we were getting a Boba Fett movie. And maybe that's what we were going to get, but now they reworked it into something that uh, works with the current climate, the current viewing climate and the same thing could be said about Rogue One. There has been rumors for months, for over a year, Dave, that we were going to be getting a Rogue One spinoff movie. Remember those rumors? Oh, yeah. Oh, you know, Jane Urso was uh, the actor. Felicity Jones was signed to three films. Cassian's uh, character, or ca- the Cassian actor, I forget his name now, Diego, uh, Diego Luna. Diego Luna. Was signed to, three pic- to a three-picture deal. But now suddenly we get this announcement for a TV show based on Cassian. Andor. So I think one could surmise that possibly they're reworking some of these movie ideas into viable episodic entertainment. Yes. And the thing that I love too is uh, in this article, it actually reports that ILM is being given like probably the biggest blank check they could possibly get for the Mandalorian mm-hmm. because they actually reported that the, uh, the series is going to be 10 episodes but the big thing is, is like it's a hundred million dollar budget, which rivals like Game of Thrones. Wait, they released the budget for The Mandalorian? Yeah. And they, how they much is it going to be? Budgeted. Uh, right here it says the upcoming series will be reportedly consist of 10 episodes budgeted at production value of roughly a hundred million dollars. For the entire first season? For the entire first season. Wow. The price tag rivals the season of Game of Thrones, they basically said. That's awesome. And I'm like going, this is what this is what I was really excited about because ILM is like going, okay, you know what? Everyone basically says Game of Thrones is like the highest pinnacle of production value. We're going to try to top it. Yeah, that's exciting, man. And that's ex- that's really exciting because yeah. we're finally getting TV TV streaming content that can rival movie production. Yeah. Well, we're kind of already there with a lot of the TV shows that are airing on the the more um, well-known. Even those ones. Well-known. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Jesus, I'm out of it this well-known week. Well-known franchises? No, uh, well-known high-end premium networks like HBO, Amazon, even Showtime. I mean, they, they're no... They're not noobs when it comes to big-budget TV shows. They're They're, they're, they're churning out some pretty high-budget... High ticket item content. But so. in regards to like in regards to their budget, their budgets are basically made for production for like TV right. shows. And, and typically, you know, shows try to keep their budget a little more conservative, I want to Man- say. Manageable. They're, yeah. Typically studios like to keep their their episode budgets a little more conservative. Um, let's get into this article now. Industrial Light and Magic, the company that invented modern cinematic visual effects with its work on the original Star Wars trilogy, is embracing television with a new division. It is naming ILM-TV. 
According to a press release, the new group's focus will be on episodic and streaming television series, and it already has two projects lined up. The second season of Sci-Fi's Krypton and John Favreau's upcoming live-action Star Wars series, The Mandalorian. Obviously, they have not. Um, this article was uh, posted before the announcement of the Rogue One prequel TV series, because yep. that will be their third Uh, The article goes on to say, we are seeing a real convergence in our creative approach used on films and in our immersive entertainment division, ILM uh, X Lab. ILM head Rob Bredo said in a press release, and now we're proud to be able to offer these ILM innovations in a way that's suitable for streaming and television work to creatives around the world. The television arm of ILM will be headquartered in the company's new London studio with a particular focus on the compressed production schedule and turnaround times that are required in television. Industrial Light and Magic isn't entirely new to TV. The company received awards for its work on the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles back in the 1990s. That was fun. That That was was a fun series, too. That was a fun series. Where it used digital effects techniques that have now become common in films and bigger budgeted television television productions the news shows just how big a part of the entertainment landscape television has become feature film work may be ilm's bread and butter but with television shows becoming increasingly more complex and expensive moving into that space will allow the company to add additional revenue streams to its business and that's ultimately what disney is missing when it comes to a lot of their branded tv shows yeah they have shows here and there that they produce through other names but it's not really their claim to fame. It's their yeah. movies is what they're really known for, that they're known for and what they make most of their profit on. I'm really excited about this because this is uncharted territory because for Disney, because like if you look at Disney's current television landscape, they don't have like a high budget, high production value series that they can wear as a flagship. And the Mandalorian is being touted as that. Yeah. It's being touted as this is our game of Thrones, you know, Forget forget about, you know, like, you know, stage television. We're talking about literally film production value getting into a television series. Yeah. It's going to be interesting this to see what happens. It's going to be really interesting because there's a lot writing on The Mandalorian. There, there is. And, you know, like I said, Favreau, Filoni are involved. I'm all the names. That, dude, have, have you gone through the list of names on The Mandalorian that's tied to it? Yeah, there's some big heavy hitters there. They're not they're not skimping on like bringing in like some newbies. I'm not worried about the show. Like there were some question marks going into resistance after we found out Filoni was not going to be involved with the day-to-day operations. And I was a bit concerned and I knew the show was going to be a hard watch like it has been, but I don't feel that way with the Mandalorian. There's too many people, good, good people involved in the production. And the fact that this is going to be their first live action series, they're not going to pull any punches and they're not going to make any mistakes. No. They can't. They can't afford to. If this does not go over well with the fandom, they're fucked. Yeah, they're Before fucked. Before they even have a chance to to actually do anything, that chance will be completely ripped from them if they F it up. So they're going to put they're going to make sure all their eyes are dotted and T's are crossed without a doubt. Yeah. All right, so David Banoff and D.B. Wise to start work on their first Star Wars film immediately after Game of Thrones ends. 
As post-production work on the final episodes of Game of Thrones continues, David Banoff and D.B. Weiss begin to look toward a galaxy far, far away, David. Aren't you excited? I'm excited for the... I want to see what they can do. While they won't start work on their first Star Wars movie for a while, it appears to be on their minds as the end of their nearly decade-long commitment with HBO on the gritty fantasy drama comes to a close. According to a recent... EW interview Bayonoff and Weiss next gig is writing a new Star Wars film and they received some final season secrecy tips from the last Jedi director Ryan Johnson and Uh producer Kathleen Kennedy listen you know what Uh guess what Bayonoff you don't need and and Weiss you guys don't need uh, tips from (laughs) you don't need tips from him Yeah, you don't need any tips from Ryan Johnson in fact they probably already were aware of that because these guys are talented motherfuckers they're probably like um bro you suck dude Like, we've written over 100 episodes of one of the greatest fantasy TV shows of all time. You have written one good movie and destroyed the fandom. Just split the fandom in half. Guess what? I don't need your advice. <laughs> Get the fuck out. Like, Get him away from like, me. Like, uh, Kathleen. Can, can I call you Kathy? Yeah. Can, who is this guy? <laughs> like, you know, I'll listen to you because... You you've you've made your bones years ago. You you have a you've pr- you have a track record. You've proven yourself. So any advice you have, please, I want to hear. Let's sit down, schedule a meeting. Uh, I'll buy you some coffee. You can buy me some coffee. Whatever. Keep it professional. I'm not asking for a Me Too movement to happen. So simmer down, Kathleen Kennedy. But oh, I'm going to call you Kathy now, right? But <laughs> hey, but this guy here, can, can we just can we like? Can we get him the fuck out of here? <laughs> get him the fuck out of here. Who, who is this guy? <laughs> hey, who's the key grip? <laughs> the key yeah, grip? you over there. I want you to punch this guy in the fucking <laughs> face. <laughs> so the article continues and says, no doubt that Lucasfilms, um, the whole secrecy came in handy for the writers of the show, as thankfully the plot details on the final season haven't leaked out. All right. Okay, the whole point is, is that we're getting news, relevant news pertaining to this new trilogy that will be produced the moment episode nine is concluded. Yes. Concludes. But Dave, we yet again have not had any news on Ryan Johnson's movie. <laughs> I wonder why. I wonder why. Probably because Iger is is bros with uh with Banoff and Wise, and they're like, yeah, guy, guy. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly, I will be shocked. I will be absolutely shocked if they announce next year that Ryan Johnson's he's strategy done. is. I'm telling is, you, he's done. Going. There's no way, David. I called this. Do you remember? I called this. I want to say almost uh, 10 months ago now, I said that his movie won't happen. They're either going to wait a very long time or they're just going to conveniently forget that they ever announced it. And honestly, they probably want to announce it because they probably they probably thought, Dave, that this controversy surrounding Ryan Johnson would have gone away by now. Would have gone away by now, but it hasn't. He's still releasing statements, Dave. He, he doesn't know how to shut up. <laughs> last week, he just released a, another excuse on Last Jedi. I'm not joking, Dave. Last week, he still is justifying his work, and I will always say the exact same thing. 
An artist never explains his work. Yes. You can talk about it. You can debate it. But if you explain your work, the you fucked up. You fucked you up. You never want to explain your work. You need to stand by and not justify it. But according to a recent article, a director says, uh, the director of Last Jedi, Ryan Johnson, or Rian Johnson, whatever Rian you want to Johnson. call him, uh, says that Luke Skywalker, he's still fighting about Luke Skywalker with fans. Luke Skywalker is 100% consistent with the original trilogy, is what he says in a recent tweet. Hot take, Luke is in fact 100% consistent with his character and not the way he's described in marketing blurbs, but his actual based on his words and actions character from the original trilogy. I'll be at the bar if you need me. Once again, antagonizing fans. He has not learned his lesson, Dave. He hasn't. That's the thing that baffles me is like there should be. Dude, someone should actually just Chuck, tell him. Chuck Windig just got fired, removed. Yeah. Wiped off the face of the earth when it comes to Star Wars. As far as Star Wars is concerned, he's been just wiped off because of these type of antagonizing comments. And Ryan Johnson hasn't learned still. That's the thing. That's the thing that baffles me is like, dude, your movies like Last Jedi was like at least a year old now. Just let it go. You did it. That's fine. You don't have to keep talking about it. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm even tired of talking about it, honestly. And and I I feel passionately about it. Yeah. You know, and there's a lot of good things about Last Jedi. I don't want people thinking I am hating on it. There are a lot of great moments in Last Jedi. There's also a lot of fucking issues. Yeah. There's more issues in this movie, in The Last Jedi, than any other Star Wars film. Even the prequels. Even the prequels, Dave. And I don't know why. I don't even want to debate this. We've already said our piece on this, but it just Absolutely. it just frustrates me. I I didn't have an issue with his overall interpretation of Luke, but there are some issues there that might not have been there. And maybe there's even maybe you can even call them inconsistencies. But the reason why they're inconsistencies, Dave, is not necessarily because it's hard to believe that Luke would turn that way. I mean, he has Skywalker blood. Yeah. The the inclination to be evil is there. Obviously, that's a given. So for him to make a a poor decision like taking his nephew's life because he didn't know any other way to handle this potential threat that could be the next Darth Vader. Yeah, it may seem inconsistent from what we've seen of him from Return of the Jedi. But we also have to remember, and I guess I'm justifying for Ryan Johnson here. But we have to remember that we also have 30 years of Star Wars history that is a question mark. We have no idea what Luke Skywalker has been through. Nobody ever truly changes who they are, but our decisions we make in life change based on our life's experiences. So the things that we may we may look at something one way 10 years ago and look at something very different 10 years later based on our own life experiences. Exactly. The biggest problem with Luke isn't necessarily Ryan Johnson. It's the fact that we skipped 30 years and we are thrown in the middle of a story and we're trying to tell a story that's relevant to to what JJ had set up. And we have to draw a lot of correlations that are I'm sorry, we have to create a lot of assumptions based on nothing. That's the problem. If we had seen Luke throughout the years and then he got to this moment 
then it would be a lot easier, easier to, to swallow and digest it. Yes. But the, the fact that the last time we saw Luke was Return of the Jedi, it is something. It, I, I'm also going to justify for the fans now. I get their disgruntlement because we skipped so much time. It's hard for us to see how he got, how he went from over here to here. Yeah. That's the problem. And they tried to show us these a few moments here and in in flashbacks but it's not enough to justify the giant switch in his characterization so the problem isn't necessarily ryan's depiction of luke it's the fact that we just weren't given enough background on this current version of luke skywalker yeah it's it's not it's not the concept he was trying to do it's the execution right it's It's the the overall execution execution. and and that's the thing that i think if there's one way of shutting Ryan Johnson up, it's we're not questioning your idea. We're questioning we sh- what we should be questioning as fans is your execution. Yes. Isn't that what we've always said? Like, I, I can get behind all of his ideas. This isn't my story. I'm not writing it. Ryan Johnson is. Yeah. So I'm not going to say, oh, you wrote that wrong, bro. What I'm going to say is, hey. I get what you're doing and I could see on paper how it might work, but the way it was translated over to screen, it just didn't fucking work. It didn't fucking work. There's a lot of things that just did not work. Uh, And and yeah, that, that for, for a filmmaker that probably hurts his ego, but I'm sorry. That's one of the things as a filmmaker, you got to also let go is your ego and constantly berating the fans. It's like, you guys don't get it. No, in actuality, you don't get it. Just don't even justify anymore. just state your, if, you know what? State your justification, pin it to the top of your Twitter, since that's where you talk a lot, and leave it there for the next 10 years. For the next 10 years. You're fine. Yeah. All right. We need to wrap today's discussion. We're almost over our time limit. I want to thank everybody for listening. If you miss any part of our broadcast, past, present, future, please find us on Stitcher, iTunes, Google, as well as Spotify. Just simply search Star Wars from the back to tank. Add us to your favorites and leave us reviews. Please tell us how good we're doing. Uh, also, you can communicate with us about our show content at from Bacta Tank at from Bacta on Twitter and Facebook. StarWars.com. Oh, StarWars.com. Facebook.com slash StarWars from the Bacta Tank. Tank. I'm having a lot of difficulties today, Dave. Too many shows this week. I <laughs> Too think. many shows. All right. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, David. Thank you. May the force be with us. This is Stormtrooper 1, and if you've missed any portion of the show, you can always head over to FromTheBackToTank.com and uh, listen to the show at your leisure. Uh, we're also on Stitcher, Smart Radio, Stitcher.com, search BACTA, and that is to your favorites. Thank you, and uh, listen responsibly, and may the Force be with you, and long live... From the Back to Tank, and From the Back to Tank is executive produced by Michael Flores and Dustin Lucas, hosted by Michael Flores, David Zabal. You can find out more about our show by going to www.fromthebacktotank.com. You can also find us on Twitter at From Back to Tank, as well as Facebook, facebook.com slash From the Back to Tank. Thank you.